0: Hello, Shameless Moms. Happy Monday. I'm so happy to be here with you today, and I'm excited to dig into this content. I know we're a little ways already into the new year. It's already flying by, but that doesn't mean that we can't still do some planning for how we want this year to unfold or what we want to focus on this year. I am someone who always spends a little time at the beginning of the year figuring these things out. I don't have this all figured out on January 1st. So I thought if any of you are like me and you're still figuring things out or you're still just kind of putting the pieces together to figure out what this year is gonna look like as it continues to be a bit of a wild time for us all, this might be really, really helpful for you and really grounding. My hope is that this episode is really grounding for you. It gives you something to hold on to and something to frame your year around. So I'm excited to dive in. Before we dive in, I have a Shameless Mom of the Week. So Shameless Mom of the Week always comes from a review that we get over in Apple Podcasts. So if you want to go over to shamelessmom.com slash review, that will pop you right into our Apple portal where you can leave a review. You get to rate the show. Five stars are always appreciated. And then write a few sentences about how the show has impacted your life, and maybe you'll be a Shameless Mom of the Week. So this one comes from Jen Patton, and she says, Shameless Mom is a game changer. I found Shameless Mom when I was pregnant and going through a divorce. Sarah changed the way I thought about being a single mom and gave me the courage to be just shameless about how I'm doing life. I look forward to Mondays and Wednesdays so I can listen to Sarah's powerful words and soak everything up. So thank you, Jen. I love that. I love that you found the show because this happens a lot that you found the show when you were going through a really trying time. And so I know many of our listeners find the show when they're going through a trying time or when they feel particularly stuck. And I've seen over and over and over what happens when you implement just a few ideas from the show, a few practices that I recommend from episode to episode and big things start to shift. And so I just appreciate you coming and reporting back and letting us know how the show's impacted you. So congratulations, Jen, you are the Shameless Mom of the Week, sending you big hugs and high fives and hope that you're having a fantastic day. Again, if you wanna leave a review for the show, let me know how the show's impacted you. You can go to shamelessmom.com slash review. Okay, one other thing before we dive in so my good friend Abby who was a guest back on episode 440 she sent an email out the other day I get her emails that she sends out to her email list regularly and she sent out this email that really really touched me and I wanted to share it with you because it relates to something that's happening today so if you're listening in live time Abby and I are actually going to be hosting a workshop in my private Facebook group that's open to any of you who want to join it's totally free if you go to shamelessmom.com Facebook so at 10 a.m Pacific which is one p.m. Eastern. We're going to be hosting this Facebook Live for Abby to talk about how she helps moms start writing from home and make money writing from home. So this email that she sent me last week or that she sent to her email list last week talked about that when her son Addie was going through cancer treatment. So Abby has five kids. One of her older kids, Addie, was going through cancer treatment. And she, of course, found herself on her knees, on the kitchen floor, on the bathroom floor, in a puddle of tears and so scared over and over and over. Of course, this was an incredibly difficult and trying time for her. And she really felt like it was so hard to show up every day and so hard to get herself out of bed and so hard to do what she needed to do. And it was really about like, what is the bare minimum I can do for everyone else because the only thing I need to focus on is my son, Addie. And so what she was able to do during that time, she was really lucky professionally that she was a writer and she was able to write in little nooks and crannies of time or little windows of times that she could steal away but she didn't ever have to go to work she didn't have to go to an office she didn't have to work a nine to five and she got to be with her child through all of his cancer treatment and as she met more and more families who were going through similar things many of them were saying like how are you working during this and what does that look like for you and so she realized there was such a need for moms to have flexible jobs where they could have this flexibility To do something in the stolen pockets of time and still make money. And so she started teaching other moms how to write and how to get paid for it. So what she does is she helps you learn how to be a copywriter. And you don't have to previously have been a writer. You don't have to be an English major or anything like that. Anyone can learn how to write and make money writing. So you already write Facebook posts and you already send emails like you are already a writer if you have to write in any professional capacity or any just composed way to make requests and to ask people for different things and to express your ideas or your thoughts. So we all do this every single day. And so Abby teaches people how to take those really daily life skills that we all use and then turn it into a work from home career path where you can make money writing for other people, writing for brands. So this is something great, like people like me who are like, I just need like another mom who really gets it to write some of my emails or help me with an email campaign or help me with copy for a sales page. There's so many of you who are qualified to do that, like all of you. (laughs) And so Abby helps moms learn how to do that. So we are going to be on Facebook Live today, again at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and she'll be talking about how she helps moms do that. So if you're a mom who's in a professional transition right now, or you just know you want some more flexibility in your schedule, but you still need to make some money, or maybe you have been home with kids and you haven't been making money, but now you're like, ooh, that would actually be really helpful, this is for you. So please join us. Again, you can go to shamelessmom.com slash Facebook to join us at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. All right, and now we're diving in today to our good stuff the good stuff here we go here's our nuggets so today we're going to talk about your anchors for 2021 i want to know what are your anchors and what are they going to do for you so when i was putting together content for our plan and prep pajama party back in january I was really thinking through, what do I want this year to be about? And I wasn't thinking goals and achievements. I was thinking, what do I want this year to feel like? And so if you were at the planner prep pajama party, you know that part of what I have people do every year is I have you identify like, what do I want to feel more of? What do I want to feel less of? What are some top feeling words that I really want to encapsulate this year and really live this year? So we went through that process. And when I went through that process for myself, It became really clear how I wanted to feel this year, and especially in contrast to other years. And then from that, I was able to create this list of anchors that I could return to when I felt out of control. So one of the biggest struggles for moms, always, but especially in the last year, has been this sense of having to pivot and shift and adapt really quickly to a ton of changing needs, a ton of changing requirements, a world that just looks nothing like we've ever seen before. And that's really exhausting and it's really overwhelming. And we've talked about this throughout the year for sure. But I want you to think that in light of this, what do you need to feel anchored this year? Because what would it feel like if you did feel anchored? Instead of feeling like you're flying between all these demands every single day and trying to be nimble and quick and agile as you jump from like parenting and homeschooling and virtual learning into your professional world and being on Zoom calls and all the things, it feels very frenetic and very chaotic at times, if not all the time. And what would it be like if you felt anchored? And what do you need to feel anchored? So here is what I decided I need in order to feel anchored. And so these are going to be these are my four anchors for the year. You're welcome to steal all of them or you're welcome to create your own. I'm going to share mine because they're going to be the easiest ones for me to talk about because they mean a lot to me personally. But you likely you'll find these ones helpful and you also likely might have others that are really impactful to you. So I'd encourage you to think of like three or four anchors that can help you find that place where you can be grounded when the world continues to be chaotic, because that's going to be really, really significant for you as you try to show up this year, as you try to show up over and over and over, always imperfectly, right, which is exactly what you want it to be. You want it to be showing up imperfectly. That's how we make things happen. That's how we keep going. But always also feeling a sense of grounding and knowing that you're moving in the right direction, even when you feel like you can't control a lot of things. they're specifically designed to combat can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So my first anchor this year is self-trust. And so with self-trust is me really focusing on listening inward more than outward. And this I've talked about before because this is very hard for me. I'm very easily influenced by what other people are doing and what other people think about the direction of things and the trajectory of things. So I have to often look at like, okay, well they think that or that's working for them but that doesn't necessarily mean it would work for me. And sometimes I have a really good gut instinct and other times, I ignore my gut instinct or I'll take on someone else's. So I'm a pretty empathetic or I'm a pretty empathic person, which means I take on other people's feelings and emotions pretty easily, which can be really risky. I'll give an example. A friend of mine recently who has a similar business was telling me, she's like, you know, I think I'm ready to make some changes. I might be done. I might wanna go back to corporate. And she was kind of telling me all of these things that were just not working for her and how she was feeling pretty frustrated and defeated. And as she was saying it, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so right. Maybe I need to go back to corporate too. And then because I felt really bad for her. And I was like, she's not wrong. Like everything she was saying, I was like, yeah, it's hard right now. It's really hard to be an entrepreneur. I'm not saying it's easy to work corporate at all. But there's some unknowns that have come up this year for any business owner that just make it really sticky. And it gets a little scary to navigate. Scarier than I mean, it's always a little scary, but it's like scarier than normal, right? And so we had this conversation. And I when we got done, I had this feeling of like, maybe I need to do that too. And then I was like, hold on a minute, you're feeling really compassionate, you're taking on a lot of her feelings because you find it relatable. But that doesn't necessarily mean that her next steps should be your next steps. What do you need in the future? And how do you want to show up? And how do you want to have impact? And what is that going to look like? And could you do that if you went back to work corporate? And I was like, quickly and clearly, I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I am, don't worry, folks. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> it's like, in no way do I want to throw in the towel on the Shameless Mom Academy to go get another kind of job. So I had to listen inward and recognize, like, yeah, she has some really valid points. It's hard. And right now, there's a lot of hustle that has to happen. And I've had to get real scrappy. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But that doesn't mean that it's the right time for me or the right next step for me to go do something totally different. So that's an example where I had to like push pause for a minute and not let myself get lost in someone else's story or someone else's narrative. That's true for them, but that doesn't mean it's true for me. And I think we can get caught up in that a lot. If we have a friend going through a hard thing, it makes us look at that same thing in our life. And then we're like, well, hold on. How's that going for me? So self, that's one example. There's so many examples, but one example of me leaning into my self-trust a little bit more. So really looking closely at that and then looking closely at what do I need over what other people need from me. And so this is another piece of self-trust that is really important is that I often look first and foremost at what other people need from me more and prioritize that over what I need from myself. And that is not a good place to be. And that can lead me to a lot of anxiety and a lot of undue stress and pressure that I put on myself. And so using self-trust as an anchor to remind myself that my needs come before other people's needs. Now, you know, every now and then my child's needs are gonna come before my own, because that obviously as a parent, that's gonna be a priority. But in terms of what people need from me professionally and in other relationships, what I need is gonna come first. And sometimes even in parenting, right? Like when Vinny needs things from me, at, 6.30 in the morning and I'm in the middle of my morning routine. No, I'm not stopping. You are eight years old. You can manage yourself. <laughs> so I'm really prioritizing what I need over what others need from me, even if that is dissatisfying to other people. <laughs> and at times it has been. And so I've had to really look closely at that as well. So that's my first anchor is self-trust. It's a really hard one for me and i've used this as a guiding light over the last couple years and maybe it's getting a tiny bit easier (laughs) i'm not gonna lie it's still hard (laughs) so i do think it's getting easier and i do think it continues to make me work on myself and i'm going to get more to that in a minute because i do think there's a ton of value in that so that's the first piece the second anchor my second anchor number two is nourishment so i got this anchor i have to give credit to mia hemstad one of my favorite guests of 2020 She talked about nourishment over self-care and what does nourishment look like? Self-care has all of these kind of cultural ideas behind it. Some are valid, some are not. Sometimes it's way too foo-foo. So she talks about nourishment, and I really, really love this take on it. And what I've decided to do with nourishment is look into a couple different pieces of it that are really significant to me. Some of these are in line with what Mia shared when she was interviewed on the Shameless Mom Academy, and I'll link to her episode in the show notes. And then others of these are kind of things where I've evolved this idea on my own. Okay, so with nourishment, the first thing, and this is my favorite, the first thing I wanna look at is delicious routines. What are my delicious routines? My delicious routines that nourish me. So when we think of delicious routines, this could be synonymous with habits, but habits sometimes sound like chores. (laughs) And I don't want my routines to feel like chores. I want them to be things that I crave. So I have decided to call my habits delicious routines and make them things that I really crave so that I'm eager to do them instead of like rolling my eyes and groaning every time I have to do them. So my delicious routines include everything in my morning routine. It includes my nighttime routine. It includes things that I do when I walk the dog. It includes like, <laughs> this is going to sound so funny, but I've started practicing taking deep breaths when I walk the dog. If you are a high anxiety person like I am, we never take deep breaths. We're really bad at breathing, which I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's very true. So a delicious routine for me now is taking like really big breaths when I walk the dog. Another delicious routine Is grounding myself first thing in the morning my first few sips of coffee i stand in my kitchen and i have my feet on the floor and i take my first couple sips of coffee with like total awareness and connection to like this is yummy and soothing and comforting and i'm so glad that i'm here right now and i feel my feet on the floor and i just think i am here in this moment and i'm grateful And it makes a big difference. And I will tell you that I started doing this because I'm doing therapy right now. And the therapist said, could you take five minutes in the morning to sip your coffee in quiet and in solitude? And I was like, honestly, no, I can't because I have these two dogs that go wild when I get up in the morning. And so like to sit down for five minutes, they would just be jumping on me and it's total chaos. And so... Instead, she's like, okay, well, what could you do instead? And I was like, well, I could stand by my coffee maker and take my first couple sips with total awareness of what I'm doing versus like flying all over my kitchen trying to take care of the dogs, which is what I do for the first 20 to 30 minutes of the day. Like take them out, feed them, take them out again. Like it's total chaos when, these do- when I wake up and the dogs wake up. So this is a delicious routine that takes just a few seconds, but I love it now because it's this reminder that today might be a chaotic day because a lot of them are but you are standing on your two feet, your feet are right beneath you and they're going to carry you wherever you need to go. The other thing I'm doing is as part of my morning routine, this is also new as a recommendation from my therapist. So she was like, well, what about journaling? How are you with journaling? And I was like, I'm not into journaling. I like writing for my writing class when I get to write a fun story, but I don't like to sit down and journal every morning. And she said, and I also said, it's not relaxing to me. Like I feel a lot of pressure around it And it also feels really time-consuming, and I don't feel like I have a lot of time for it. So she gave me this great idea, and this has become such a nourishing routine. So you all can borrow this. So she said, what if you took one word every morning and just wrote for two minutes on that word? Okay, I'm telling you, this is like my new favorite thing to do because two minutes goes really fast. So what I've learned is I can write about a paragraph in two minutes, like four to six sentences. I pick a word. Every morning, it's a different word. So it might be like inspire or spark or hope or joy. This morning, my word was anxiety. It might be, I'm trying to think of some of my other ones. Those were some of my first ones. I'm going to compile like a whole list of these at some point. I'll create something for you all and share it with you. So I just pick a word and then I write a few sentences about that word. And it might be writing a story about how that word shows up in my life. It might be what I believe about the word to be true. It might be how I want to incorporate that word into my life that day. It's a really, really great routine, though, and it also is very grounding. So I've been really enjoying doing this, and now I'm like, oh, I'm a journaler now because I journal for literally two minutes. It is a very nourishing routine. The other thing it does for me is because I'm writing about these words that are generally inspirational words – I feel really good when I'm done. I'm like, ooh, I just like proved something to myself that like if the word is power, I've reminded myself in my writing that like you have power even when you think you don't. Even this morning, I was writing about anxiety, which is not necessarily a positive word. But when I was writing about it, I was talking, I was writing about How does anxiety show up for me? And what purpose does it serve? And what purpose does it serve that I no longer need? I've just been carrying it with me. And what purpose does it serve that keeps me safe? And what can I let go of between those two? And it was really helpful to me. And it felt really good. And when I was done, I was like, oh, I feel like I just like unwound some things in my head that really, really helped. And that, again, is a grounding habit. So that's become a really delicious routine. So those are a few examples. Another piece of nourishment is indulgent and disciplined self-care. So I've given you some examples of disciplined self-care, like my morning routine, my workouts would be one of those things. Things I do in the, evening. mean, disciplined self-care would be like brushing your teeth every night, flossing, maybe washing your face, like those kinds of things that you do that maybe you're not like, these are the most fun, but these are the things that we do to take care of ourselves, right? What about indulgent self-care? Indulgent self-care would be the fancy foo-foo stuff. So my indulgent self-care often is like, right now, like buying myself something fun online. (laughs) Or when a couple months ago, I went into a hotel for two nights by myself. So things that are like bigger things or things that I do less frequently that are more indulgent. And that said, I do not think that indulgent self care should be infrequent. Indulgent self care can be like every day. Ooh, another thing I'm doing for indulgent self care. I found these really delicious. I think they're called Heavenly Bites that I got from Costco. Oh, they're so good. I've been having one with my coffee mid-morning. I have a second cup of decaf coffee mid-morning, and I, that's like a totally delicious routine slash indulgent self-care. Like I'm having like basically a little cookie every more. I love it. It's so fun. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And then my last bit of nourishment, my third piece of nourishment is rest, 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 rest. One of the things that I learned from me for rest during 2020 is that I struggle with rest that is like lay on the couch rest, even though I very much crave that kind of rest, When I lived alone and when I didn't have a child, I could do that kind of rest. But when I have a child and two dogs and a husband and just chaos in the household, like I can't lay on the couch and watch a show and feel relaxed. I just feel like antsy, like I should be doing something if other people are doing things. But here's what I can do that is very restful to me. I can do a puzzle. And so working on my puzzles has actually been a huge form of rest. The other thing is on the weekends going for walks with the dogs is actually a form of rest because it gets me out of the household and lets me be in my head. Same with doing puzzles is I like will put on a podcast or put in headphones and then I'm listening to music or listening to a podcast or whatever and I'm able to mentally kind of escape from tasks and work around the house and leading the household and parenting and all those kinds of things. Rest also, of course, is like going to bed at a reasonable hour and doing things that promote health, good amounts of sleep for me, which is not always something that comes naturally. So those are my three parts of nourishment, delicious routines, indulgent and disciplined self-care and rest. Okay, number three, my third anchor is nimbleness. When I was writing my notes for this, I came up with the word nimbility is nimbility a word? (laughs) Like Embracing your nimbility? I don't know if it's a word or not. But it's basically embracing adaptability, right? So being adaptive is something we've really had to practice in the last year. And I will tell you as an entrepreneur, I've had to be practicing this forever. I'm 18 years now into being an entrepreneur, which is a lifetime. So I've had to practice adaptability. But I will tell you, I don't see myself as someone who's super adaptable. So I'm really trying to embrace the fact that I've been being adaptable for 18 years. So I don't need to panic about how adaptable I have to be right now, because I've been practicing this for so long that I can do it. Like I've already proven that I'm capable of being really nimble, really adaptable, But I have to keep reminding myself that because I have a lot of doubt around this because I don't like things changing. I don't like to be spontaneous. I like things that are predictable and controllable. And so I'm really focusing on nimbility, on being nimble as an anchor and really reminding myself repeatedly that you do great. You thrive in change. Even though you don't love it when it happens, you always figure it out. You figured it out over and over and over. You're really good at that even though that's not something I've historically embraced about myself. And that's really grounding when I have those moments of panic about like, oh my gosh, what if I can't figure this out? And holy cow, this is hard to remember. You've been here before. It's totally fine. You always figure it out. You always do better, typically. like You find your biggest successes when you have to figure new things out. And so that's really, really grounding. And this is me reminding myself that I can thrive in instability and unpredictability. And what a great sense of peace and control and power I have in knowing that I can thrive in instability and unpredictability. So I want to encourage you, if that resonates with you at all, to really embrace this as an anchor this year knowing that you also can thrive in instability and unpredictability, and that you also can embrace adaptability, because by virtue of being a parent, you have already had to be really, really adaptable, because motherhood requires that of you. But maybe you haven't given yourself credit for it. So I'm going to give you, like, take a minute and look back. I'm going to give you that opportunity and invitation to look back at the times and the ways that you have had to be really adaptable in parenting, and probably in other areas of your life as well, and recognize, like, oh. Like it maybe isn't my favorite, but I can totally thrive during those times, even if it's hard, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's not my favorite. Okay. And then lastly, my fourth anchor is deep work. So for me, this is a commitment to personal work this year. So deep work, and it's actually two different pieces, two components to it. But the first is this commitment to personal work. So I really want to spend time this year doing some personal work that I think I have for way too long, kind of decided to push to the wayside and thought like it doesn't really matter. And I think this has really impacted my anxiety. And I'll be unpacking more of this with you over the year. But one of the reasons I went back to therapy was because I've been struggling with anxiety. And I've gotten to this point where I'm just kind of done. (laughs) I'm really over this taking up so much mental space in so many different ways every single day. I also had some realizations and having conversations with people, my mom and my husband around this, and them having no idea how entrenched this was in me and how much space it took up in my head and my heart and my life. And so that made me realize that I have been keeping this anxiety inside and trying to keep a lid on it in ways that just don't feel good anymore. It just feels like too much and it feels like it's taking up too much space at the expense of letting in other things that I really want to make space for. And so it feels like I have a huge sense of responsibility to myself and the people that I serve and to my family and my relationships to do some personal work to get to the root of this anxiety, to figure out why is it there? Why has it been there for so long? And what can I do to work through that? And what can I do to Feel better in order to live better, in order to rest better, and all those things, right? So, I'm really committing to doing that deep personal work. I won't say I'm looking forward to it or loving it, but it is really, really helpful. And I will say some really, really validating things have come out of just working on this for like the past six weeks. So, I'll be sharing more of that down the road, but it's been way more validating and affirming than I thought it would be. And it's also been, it's just like helped me connect some really significant dots in my life, which have already helped me in a short amount of time, move forward in new ways. The other piece of deep work is embracing that deep personal work is going to create mental ease, which will allow me to have greater impact. And so deep work for me also looks like going deeper with all of you making sure that the things that I'm delivering, the programs that I run, that we can go deep in those programs and get you results that run deep. And if I am struggling in my own bandwidth and capacity to show up, then that's gonna reflect how deeply I can impact you. And I know that my work already has deep impact. You all tell me this all the time, but what would it be like if I had even more mental ease and space to go in even further with you all? and show up even better. So I'm really looking forward to that outcome. And I know that it's there. And I know that if I can and this is something I talked with my therapist about recently, like if I can come this far, with anxiety being a significant part of my life, oh my gosh, like I could go so much further (laughs) if it wasn't a part of my life or as significant a part of my life. And that's really hopeful for me. That's very exciting. And so I'm really trying to see that perspective of it. And I'm that gives me a lot of hope, a lot of hope. So those are my four anchors for 2021, self trust, nourishment, nimbleness or nimbility, and deep work. You are welcome to steal them all and run with them and use them. I hope you do. I'd love to know if you do decide to adopt these as your anchors. Let me know, or if you figure out other anchors that are more meaningful for you, let me know. Like share them on a fa- in an Instagram story if you want to share them in our Facebook group at shamelessmom.com/slash Facebook. I would really love to know. I would love to know that we are all feeling anchored together and that we're committing to being grounded even when things continue to be unstable and unpredictable because I really really do believe that we can do big things this year and we can do big things even when things are hard, even when things are chaotic and even when things t- continue to be so full of unknowns, we can still do great things and we can still live great lives and we can still show up in really powerful ways that create a ton of joy and a ton of power and a ton of magic for us and then ripple out to our loved ones and the people that we serve. So thank you for being here. I hope to see some of you in our Facebook Live today with Abby Parrots at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. That's at shamelessmom.com slash Facebook. And I will also be back here, of course, on Wednesday with another fantastic interview, and I will see you then.